maybe I'll die tonight, whenever, you know, like you'd have that conversation. Oh, fuck, yeah. It's crazy. There's always... Testing one, two. There's always that kind of that call for help, too. Test, test, It's a call for help. It's a serious call for help. Test. Yep. And it's, you know, just a lot of these guys, well, especially true for my mother and my father. Are we back? We're back. So we can say, welcome back. You want to go back and welcome back? No. Okay. All right, guys. Welcome back. Okay, we're back here. Part two. Of, the story, two, yeah, of resilience. Part, part two is, of the resiliency story here. Yeah. And uh, a wild journey thus far in the mind of, uh, well, the life of my friend Cody here. So um, I know we, we've gone through a lot as far as yeah. the story is concerned. Yeah. Um, and where we currently are right now. Right now, right now your mom's coming off. Coming off mom's uh, coming off. Um, you're starting the new business. The starting new, to, but I mean, you know, I'm also... I'm ignoring certain components of the loss of, of losing my father and brother, right? Like, some things are really, really difficult to focus on the way that you know is probably beneficial for you, but the horrific reality of coming to terms with, um, you know, like Jesse and Dad not being around anymore is a big cross to bear. And so, coming to terms with that, I think was uh, extraordinarily difficult. But I was putting things in place in terms of uh, how do I manage my mind. I, thankfully, I've got a guy that I can. You know, it's a funny thing. I used to have this conversation with my brother all the time um, because I've been seeing uh, Roger on uh, just outside the downtown core for. Six years. Now, I don't see him every week or yeah. uh, even every month, really. So, and is he your mental coach? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But he's a therapist, right? He's a psychologist. Yeah. And Roger, the reason why I need Roger and why I believe that everybody, I don't care how easy your life has been or how hard it's been, um, there is something incredibly valuable about sitting with an individual and giving them your toxins and letting them wade through them totally objectively. We've had this conversation before, Cameron, where it's just like, that's a tough job. Oh, like, man. Can you imagine every day having to listen to other people's toxins on a regular basis and taking that in? Especially if you're empathetic. If you have empathy for your clientele, you're bringing that home. It's that good and bad at the same sucks. time because the more you're good, good at your job, you're good at your job, no but then question. you want to go jump off the high level bridge. Yeah, because you learn. I know it's pretty harsh, but you learn. You learn a lot. You learn a lot. You feel too. Oh, I've got a ton of and, a ton of respect and, for these guys. And this is what, in my experience, like, and I don't know, but I find that, and this is just the people that I found the most that are most drawn to that industry, yeah. are the ones that are dealing with a lot of stuff on their own. And they're trying to figure the shit out. Exactly. That's, That's the, the best, best way to do it. And I'm just like, so like, look at me. Look at what I took in university, right? Like my degree is in psychology. The reason yeah. my degree is in psychology is strictly because I'm trying to figure out what the hell happened to my mom. Yeah. Right. I had a very normal mom. Yeah. Very loving. Actually, above normal, above average. She was an incredible woman. Um, and then, it just not. overnight. It's just like, what happened? Yeah. yeah. So what the hell happened? Yeah. You know. So that's the curiosity that I went into university with. Um, but I do, I, it's definitely true that I think, um, having an empathetic individual who 
who gives a shit about what the words, because you can always tell, right? You can yeah. tell when people you can tell, care. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. This guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Well, when people do yeah, that, and I talk right out, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so tell me about that a little bit more. I would never talk to one of those people. Yeah. No, I, the, the benefit of a guy like Roger is that you can sit and have a conversation. I mean, yeah. it's very much like this. Like, yeah. I always find having to talk to individuals or groups or yeah. crowds, it doesn't matter for me. I just find it cathartic. Yeah. I, find, I find that's why you're calling him a coach more than anything because you're literally listening 100%. to him, you're giving him a problem, and you're taking his point of view on it, and you're like, I never even thought of that. That's that actually really, really good. You're looking at him as like, this guy's got, these guys got some knowledge that He's I want to, I want to pick this guy's brain. 100%. <laughs> and so I can dump my horrible shit on him, and then he's and then, like, and then okay, he, well, let me just, here, why don't you look at it this way? Yeah. This a way is, that yeah. I wouldn't have considered. Yeah. Well, you can't because you can't look at it with because you're you're in the shit. I can't look at it from anybody else's eyes but my own. Yeah, and so and that's the thing. It's like when you're like same thing when you're running a business and you're in the shit, you can't you can't foresee. Exactly. You're in the trenches. You can't exactly. deal with it. You're just like I'm just it's coming at me from all angles. I don't know what to fucking do. Yeah. And then it says, oh well, they can see it from a higher perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And this guy. You know, there's, it's important to have that, that close group of individuals, but it's also, these are people that care about you yeah. and will lift you up when you're down. But having somebody who doesn't know you like that knows you from a, my job is to deal with you objectively. Yeah. So there's nothing subjective that I'm going to put into this as much as I can remove from it. Anyways. Yeah. It's an incredibly valuable thing. Uh, so, I, you know, like I, having a conversation with my brother bunch of times of you know you should go and see my guy or somebody to talk about what's going on in your head and he's like no i'm not crazy it has nothing to do with crazy yeah do we want to be our best selves do you want to learn more yeah like, exactly yeah. it's an it's education like, it's an education thing do you want to learn do you want to learn more or exactly. do you just want to just try to figure it's like yeah. the problem is is that we've had this also you don't know what you don't know right so exactly. you can't learn you can't learn unless someone teaches something to exactly. you exactly do you have to learn it from someone else? That's every, yeah, everything. Measure, that, yeah. Everything that we do, we don't learn on our own. We learn it from someone else. Definitely. We can self, we self teach ourselves, but we're reading books. We're, re, we're learning it from somewhere. Definitely. And accountability is another thing, right? Yeah. You want somebody to <coughs> hold your feet to the fire when you can't do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, and this is true about having a fitness coach too, right? Yeah. Like Kurt was a guy who I know that if I don't show up, I'm gonna get a text. Kind of angry. What happened, man? I waited for you. Yeah, I mean, Kurt is like, <laughs> Kurt was a national national level uh, bodybuilding competitor. Yeah. Like, he's like, I call him the shaved pink gorilla. Because that's kind of what he looks like. He's a, he's a good looking, he's a handsome, but shaved pink gorilla. He's yeah. just a big, gorilla. strong, muscly dude. Right? Yeah. Like he's coming up on 50 here. You know, unfortunately, he looks like my little brother. That hurts my feelings, but, uh, but I've aged. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lake, Lake, Lake Boy? What was, it? what was his name again? Lake Boy. Is Lake, Show. Lake, Lake Show. Show. Lake Show. Lake Show. Lake Show. So I'm um, coming to terms with a new reality as best I can. Um, but what we're discovering is that, you know, the more conversations that I have with business owners about um, their organizations and their workforces, like, it's a lot of. A lot of business owners with an awful lot of heart in this city. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably true in most cities. But 
times are tough, the economy is difficult, and so they're, you know, worried about their people, you know, just on the psychological side of the equation, like, it's hard out there. And so, um, what it's forcing us to do as an organization is figure out best practices in terms of what people can implement now. So, things that people aren't doing, sleep is the number one thing. Yeah. Sleep right now? Nobody's sleeping well. I don't. I don't. No, neither do I. It's terrible. A lot, of it, a lot of that comes from stress. Like I've had, I've oh, had problems absolutely. with that, and, and the biggest reason why I don't sleep uh, is your brain just won't shut the fuck off. Can't shut your brain. You right just now. like it's just going and going and going, and it's, and it's running right. problems. It's running problem solution, problem solution, problems. Sometimes even of things that aren't even actually technically going on. No, exactly. No, yeah. you start hopping into hypotheses. Yeah. What if? What if? That's where you get lost in rabbit hole, and then it's five o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh, oh shit! Now I gotta be up. <laughs> yeah. so, I've been like that for years. Well, so here's the thing. So what do we do with that, right? So what are empirical things that we can put together so that it will allow your brain to calm down? And one of the best things that you can do for yourself is Excellent. turn on your light and write that shit down. Everything that's in your brain, and turn your light back on. Dude, I don't stop. I don't stop writing. I used to. Well, you just learned that I make a lot of music, right? Right. I used to wake up in the middle of the night when my brain wasn't able to, like, I wasn't able to sleep. Could turn off, yeah. In pitch darkness, and what I did with my wall is I wrote a lot of my songs like this, and I put paper all over my wall, and I'd write in pitch darkness, and I'd grab a pen, and I'd just write in darkness for hours. You're like. This is the type of stuff that he he come. Yeah. This is what makes him creative, man, because he yeah. does these oh, yeah. weird, yeah. these weird things That's that a basically. That's thing to do, though. Yeah, and then look at it later and analyze and analyze it. You notice how I told Steve to turn on a light and take a notepad. <laughs> For you, if you weren't waking up in the middle of the night in your chones, writing down a thousand different things on your wall. <laughs> I would have thought that was weird. That's exactly what you should be doing. Is that a little fucked up? I'm thinking of it right now, and I'm like, what's is it, okay with your psychological like? Is there well, any hey, diagnosis I, for I, that? I, I, remember, <coughs> I'm not the guy. I bring in the people that can actually speak to this stuff. Now, again, I think whatever outlet you need to get this stuff out of your brain and onto something that you can come back to later. That's important. So I, whatever vehicle you need to use, oh, use it. I don't know. I don't know. But knowing you, the reason why you do it is because you think you might get something really cool and creative out of it. So you want to see what actually, you're more interested in the outcome, not in, in whatever is in your brain. You want to say like, I wonder what would happen is if I wrote this thing in the dark. You know? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> when I turn the light, when I, this is just me personally, when yeah. I turn the light on and do that, it ruins the flow of things. I get in like, sometimes I get in this transient state where I'm half asleep and half uh, not asleep. Well, yeah, as soon as you turn the light on, you kill your melatonin production, right? So yeah, so oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I write when I'm still asleep. Kind of like the whole Benjamin Franklin thing where you always only sleep yeah. 15 minutes every day, so you're always in that weird fucked Horrible up idea, state. By the way, yeah. yeah where you're always in that weird state where your brain's yeah. just creating in that almost that almost REM sleep yeah, kind you're of like a, you're, you're almost, almost like you're dreaming. dosing acid. <laughs> It's not a great idea. I, I mean, I, my own personal opinion. Would that explain but, it? I've done that for years. I haven't dosing acid? No, no. <laughs> Mama, I do full-on, like, tabs. I don't microdose it. Like, come on now. Like, take tabs like a man. Yeah, I take them right to the forehead and just strap them there and let them sink in, man. Like, right to the brain. What do you think this freaking red dot is on my head, man? Like, that's where I put the towel. And jeez, Louise. I'm joking. I'm, I'm not hijacking the convo. I'm just... <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
anyways, yeah, that's wild. So I um oh, sleep. Sleep. Yeah, we're figuring out what's ailing people, you know, and anxiety is probably the single biggest killer of corporate productivity on the planet right now. Right? So you have uh you have your absenteeism rates corporately. Um, so people are missing work because, you know, they're unable to make it for this, that, and the other. They didn't sleep the night before, stressed you out. Didn't no. didn't get any sleep. Yeah. Or you didn't get any sleep, but you still bootstrapped it to work. Now we've got an a issue called presenteeism. You guys just like... Presenteeism is significantly larger in terms of billions of dollars lost in productivity due to this. Right? So people come to work. They don't bring their best selves to work. They sit at their computer screen, they're half awake, they're kind of there, they're foggy-brained, right? So what do we do with that? How do we aid that? How do we help that along? How do we ensure that if implemented, if people take what we suggest, bring it home with them and utilize it in terms of their arsenal, will it allow them to not only come to work and come with their best ideas, ready to work, enjoying work, but also go home happy, go home feeling satisfied? Mm -hmm. right, so how do we start generating that lifestyle for you? So that's been what we've been working on for the last while. Now, while we're doing all this research, mom getting better and better. Holos better and better. I mean, I'm still dealing with um, the losses to a certain extent. You know, it's one, it's one of those things about these losses too. Like when you lose somebody that's close to you, <clears throat> one of the things you notice is Everybody else is well-intentioned as they are, and they definitely are. But they have a tendency to get over it, of course, much faster than you're going to. Yeah. And, and then so people start having yeah. conversations with you like, well, you didn't make it to the meeting the other day. How come you didn't make it? I'm like, well, because all the men in my family died. Yeah. And I'm just trying to come to terms with it. Yeah. Well, that was six so months ago. You're well, that, was, that was a couple months ago. That was, yeah. like two, that was like two, three months ago. Like, yeah, it was yesterday to me. That felt like yesterday to me. I'm still dealing with that, buddy. Yeah, exactly, of course. Yeah. So, um, for me, it was always a matter of, okay, get to the meetings, do the work, um, don't do, a lot of people will tell you, um, you know, it's okay to stay down for a little while, it's okay to, because I think you have legitimately concerned friends <laughs> that are like, well, are you just ignoring your pain by, you know, going to work, working all the time, yeah, yeah, um, and to a certain to a certain extent that's true. But also, I'm privy to the flip side of that coin, which is I know the dangers of staying down. Yeah, it's like changing your environment, oh, right? Like, so the thing is, is that you can. I, 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 and I would imagine. I don't know. Again, I'm yeah. not the expert and stuff like that. But I would imagine that the first step would probably just removing yourself from that environment and putting yourself in another environment that's either really? positive or anything. You may not necessarily be productive in that environment, but right. just being there and just saying, okay, I'm going to come and be here in this environment. It's a good step. It's a good step in there. You just have right. to have the right support group around you yep. because at that, you have to remember when you're vibrating at that lower frequency, you know, you're pulling everyone else down around you, right? Yeah. So a lot of times people just don't even want to go near you. They're like, oh shit, I don't want to go around that because I don't know, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to behave. I don't want to try to pump people their. People never know what to say. They don't know there's, what to say. There's no, uh, there's no. Um, the only way to actually know how to behave in that environment is to actually have gone through it yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's even that, or, or or really just care and just I mean, talk to that, somebody. The best. Still, it's like you. It's, you you it really don't know. You don't know how to behave. You no, don't know what right. to do. It comes to, 
it comes out well intentioned, but some of the fucked up things people say to you is like you think that you have to say something. I think is what ends up happening. Definitely. It's like you come in a situation Definitely. and you say, "How you doing, buddy?" It goes, "Well, yeah. you know, like first of all, that's a question. Like that's like one of those dumb things. Oh, you got." You shaved your beard, right? Oh, yeah. So one of those things, how the fuck, fuck is I'm doing, man? You know, like, the no, fuck, man? No, a hundred percent. I, people have, people have the best of intentions for 99% of the time. No, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, but they, you're absolutely right. They definitely feel like there's a need to say something because they know that if I don't say anything, I come off as a cold, callous prick. Mm -hmm. I got to say something to address this. And so they say the best thing that they can, but I, honestly, I mean, for me, the best thing anybody ever says to me after any of this stuff is, uh, I don't know what to say, because it's the most honest thing. Because like, of course you don't. And to be honest, I don't know what to say either. I don't know, you're gonna say something to me, you're gonna say something like, Val. I'm sorry, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. My condolences. God has a plan. Yeah. Uh, you got a few of those, and you're like, hmm. kind of disagree with his plan, but okay, thanks for the comment. Yeah, but they're trying to lend you some support, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to offer any kind of thanks. Retort yeah, question. There's no retort. There's no, there's nothing that I can come back with that's going to make any sense either. So for you to just come up and say, I don't know what to say. Um, of course you don't, and that's I get it. I because neither do I. But thank you for saying something. So anyway, so, <clears throat> so we're building this thing out, and uh, uh, just over a year ago, um, my oldest friend passes away, and his daughter is uh, is my goddaughter Ari, and married to a wonderful woman uh, named Michelle, and and it's a weird thing when it's you know I had had his name was Matt Quinney. And Matt Quinney is one of the most incredible humans that I'll ever have the good luck of knowing and growing up with. I mean, this was a guy who was intensely, like, he's one of the quietest guys in the room, but definitely the funniest. But no just, need for Just fun. came in at the right time. Oh. Just purposeful. <laughs> he he purposeful. just waited and he but fucking no waited for the moment. Guys, yeah. It's just, and he's a sniper. He's, he's a, a sniper. sniper. And he would deliver, his delivery was like a whisper. <laughs> like he would just kind of be like, he'd say it under his breath. Kill everybody in the room, it. yeah. Oh, it would only kill the four people around him because they were the only ones that, that would heard it. <laughs> Dude, I love when people are like, it's smart, eh? Like, well, he's just, just, he didn't need just, the accolades, he was just, just saying it for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Like, he he's just listening good. to it, hypothesizing everything, and it oh, slipped out. Yeah. Is what ends up happening. Those those moments slip out. You're listening to shit, and you're going like, oh, yeah, this Well, he's kind of like, he had this. <laughs> a bit of both, yeah. Like, totally. when he was, That's so good. good. I love when that happens. <laughs> when he kind of had this. <laughs> he's beautiful, because he was like, you know, he's 35 years old, and yet he's somehow kind of cynical. But not really, but kind of. He's just a little grumpy. And his humor's a little grumpy. Oh my God. It's good. just, it makes, oh, blah. like, oh, he was. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Literally brilliant. And yeah. that was the other side of him. That was, I mean, an incredibly, an amazing human. Did I ever meet him? Maybe no. Well, I'm sure you, you saw him with me. Yeah. At one point or another, for sure. For sure I would have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was a, He's an engineer, yeah. uh, one of the youngest partners at, at his firm in Edmonton, uh, in the history of their firm. Um, like just 
brilliant, 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 and loving and wonderful. And he and I had a conversation at the beginning of December uh, last year, well, 2017. Uh, he was struggling with some stuff, and two weeks later, uh, he passed away. Got the phone call on December 28th. Um, 28th or 29th, morning of 29th, um, that he had passed away. So that was the third eulogy that I gave. Um, Do, how did he pass away? He just He had some stuff going on. Um, he was dealing with some anxiety issues, for sure. Um, you know, a guy like him, he's so dedicated to his job, to his work, um, perfectionist, you know, like he was that kind of guy. But also, he had some genetic heart defects that I think people weren't, we weren't privy to, that he didn't know about. Uh, and so it was just kind of a perfect storm. And yeah, after Christmas he passed away, uh, which was, you know, he was also the group of friends um, that I used to hang out with most when it came to like my brother and his friends, it was myself, Jesse, Maddie, and another buddy, John Green, and Johnny's He's still around. He's still kicking. He's still awesome. But, you know, we've lost two of our guys here. Uh, and, you know, it's always, it's always a different experience when you lose somebody who's so young because there's so much potential for them to have gone on and do amazing things. You really feel the weight of the potential. Robbed almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, <clears throat> it's easier to feel venomously angry uh, after you lose somebody so young because you know and, and Ari was just a little girl and she's still just a little girl you know and so and he was a hell of a dad hell of a father and you know loved the living hell out of his wife and so um, and he was very close to um, my mom and so you know it was another it was another kick to the ribs for a lot of us, um, but at that time, at least I was in a better place where I'd done my research, I had my strategies, I knew what I needed to do, I needed to spend some time with Roger, figuring out my mental state, I needed to figure out, spend more time at the gym, figure out my physical state, I needed to be that person for Michelle um, that I had when I lost Jesse and Dad, you know, to be able to provide her with some semblance of a support network. And she's got some amazing people around her that's I'm definitely grateful for. And she's got an amazing family. So you're holding a lot. Well, like you're holding like a lot on your shoulders at this time, even even yeah. right now, currently. Well, yeah. So well, you're learning a lot too. Like this is what this is this the is thing. the this is almost the the environment now you are currently in, is it not? Like the definitely. I mean, I'm dude. This is insane. This is like like you're you're saying being strong for your best friend's wife. At the same point, you, your brother, your dad, everything with yeah. your mom, and you lost your best friend. Like, it's there's a like. Well, Maddie was. I'm just trying to process this all myself. Yeah. I'm like the good thing with with Maddie. Uh, Maddie was best friends to many, and so there were a lot of people who felt like they lost uh, one of the most important people in their lives. And so, the benefit for that kind of stuff is being able to vulnerability is a thing. Um, 
you know, again, going back to that whole aspect of being gentle with yourself and being soft, uh, being able to sit around with a group of uh, individuals who have been impacted one way or another by the right individuals too, because some people suck energy or uh-huh. <coughs> it's crazy how you're going back to the whole resiliency thing is you're able to look yourself in the mirror and just be like, okay, Cody, you got to put yourself together for your best friend's wife. Like, well, I think that's, that's, I think exterior drive is a, an important thing, you know, and I, I'm, I look at Michelle, I mean, I, I do not own any component of her, it's not success, but her own resilience is pretty, pretty astonishing. Oh, huge. Yeah, it's yeah. not, I, I'm not responsible for any of that, but I think it's important for us to remember, um, you know, especially when you go through things that are a little outside the ordinary, death is probably the most ordinary thing on the planet. Right? Yeah. We're all going to experience this stuff. This is what we talked about constant. earlier. It's the, only, it's the only constant in the world is that every, we all, exactly. we're all going to die. We're all going to die. That's what, that's what this... Well, he we was, he told about, me about this before got, we got, got here. Well, it's, a, it's, someone's, it's, someone's a, it's a bone from someone from Nepal. It's in their leg, but it's a skull. And it's... Sorry. I know, I know. It's pretty wild. Man. It's going to fucked up. I know, I know. How weird is that? Okay? I know, I know. You're wearing a stranger's shin bone. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. On his arm. I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was just like, dude, what are you? What? I'm like, what are you? I get what good are you, vibes from him, though. He what are you carrying man. around? Well, well, and then take it. He's a good so man. take that. Take yeah, that. absolutely. But yeah. It's just, it's a skull, and it's kind of vulgar. But it's just like, <laughs> it's hey, you're gonna die. Shit. You're gonna die one day. I didn't even think of it like that. I didn't I even think of it like that. It was actually someone's shin bone. <laughs> like that's like you're wearing. Well, it's a femur. It's not a shin bone. Well, okay, you're wearing someone's femur on the femur. Well, so that's the thing. Uh, I don't own a shin bone, sorry, femur. But what I did do, I mean, so remembering this stuff, I also think, and paying homage to it and paying your respects in the way that you feel uh, is important, is one of the aspects of, of getting through this stuff and of the grieving process. And, you know, like I was never a guy who, like, I never wanted any tattoos, right? Like, I was not that guy. Now, and everybody else is getting them, and for me, I'm looking, I'm like, getting tattooed with a bunch of shit that means nothing to you, that inevitably in 10 years, you're going to look back on it and be like, well, I don't know why I got Captain Crunch tattooed on my left ass cheek, but lo and behold, there it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> I had the same rum. Like, I'm just like, I'm just not that committed. No, exactly. I'm just, exactly. Like, that's, just not that oh, committed. I don't know. If, like, I I'm can, like, I might think it's cool. No, I can't I'm commit just, to the <laughs> actual cereal that I want to eat yeah, in the morning. Yeah. But, Halfway through, I'm like, oh, shit, I should And it's also curious. funny, it dates people. Like, you can you can tell people, totally. like, you had the armbands first, then you had the tramp stamp. So Dude, you can you always tell. The, the belly button? The belly button ones. Like, Bloody now they're, now we're running the full sleeves. Like, we're in the full sleeve era. Well, I'm, I'm heading in that direction, unfortunately. But I I still remember there was a buddy of mine in high school. He shows up at, uh, <laughs> in class over the weekend. Weekend happens, Monday he walks in, he's like, Somebody got a tattoo over the weekend. I'm like, oh, really? You got a, you got a tattoo? He's like, uh-huh. Like, well, let's see it. He's like, okay. <laughs> and he got the sun. No, he didn't. Belly button? No, he didn't. He didn't. Buddy, that's, that's a perfect yeah, thing, I'm pretty sure. Isn't yeah, that yeah, for women? He's like, not just for women. I'm like, but it. It's looking a little, it, it's definitely got that feminine vibe. It's like, I don't think so, bro. I'm like, okay. <laughs> See if you get that lasered off in 20 years. I, I, don't, I haven't kept up with him, but I'm curious if, 
He's got under the laser for that one. That's uh, funny. Uh, these spur of the moment things, right? So, <laughs> you know, you know the, you know, raisin bran. This is already the best. Part, but I, please continue. I got a raisin bran tattoo on my ass. Please, please, is that true? I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, it's not there. It's not there. It would have been amazing. It's Captain Crunch. You had the California raisins. I wish I had. Yeah, the California raisins. I wish I had a couple raisins on my ass. I wish. I wish. I had an opportunity to, but I didn't take it. I never understood it. I mean, for me, tattoos were never a thing. But then, you know, I lost my my, uh, dad and brother. And so... It seems frivolous at that point. You're just like, really... For me, it was like, you know, what do I do? And you're... Your femur band uh, <laughs> reminded me of it. Because, you know, to be able to remember. I didn't even think of it like that. No, I just thought it was. was I thought it was weird. It was a. It was a. It was a bone. But in like now that you mention, I'm like that's actually somebody's bone. No, like another a person guy named Philip. He's walking around being like, oh, and then some asshole. Well, Philip's <laughs> dead. Uh, Philip's not here. I know, anymore. but he's is he's he up there looking. Or is this a black market femur? <laughs> And Philip woke up without just like a slinky leg. You know those, you know those like, there's like organ harvesting in China and stuff. And I know. Meditate for it. Like, oh, Filipino oh, uh, femur harvesting is a thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> to make these little pants. Yeah. No, no, this thing's authentic. It's good. It's good. <laughs> this, guy, this guy totally died. It totally died. <laughs> they, they, they dug up his grave. It's good. <laughs> This better be authentic femur, because otherwise I'm going to be pissed. This is so wrong. You make me want to take this thing off. No, no, you can keep that on forever now. Uh, so anyway, so. Tattoos, yeah, tattoos. Yeah, so I went and I have, my dad's nickname was Hammer, because he laid the hammer down. He was also Norwegian, so I've got, I've got this Norse hammer on my arm. I've got the numbers 22, because that was my brother's baseball number. But I do get the odd individuals like, you Marvel fan, bro? Like, shit. Oh, I just no. knew that was going to be a thing, right? Like, oh, oh, somebody likes Thor. No, not really. I, I like my father. But now, you know, I do like the creative components. So you got a tattoo? Oh, yeah. Oh, you yes. got one now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. Getting... Well, now, yeah, you know this. Yeah, so yeah. The, the whole arm. So now you're doing the full sleeve thing, man. You're in the full sleeve. People keep dying. I'm losing spots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, this is the last family member, so... After this one, we should be good. But yeah, I mean, it's there's a there's something to be said for the not the tradition necessarily, but the the practice uh, of paying homage. There's something to be said for like a buddy of mine, Jared, the one that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, whom I will not no mention last name, his yeah. last name. Yeah, or his company. Or his company. Yeah. Um, but JJ's, he went and uh, after he lost his sister, um, relatively close to the time that I lost my dad. And it was the reason why he and I connected the way that we did. And it's the reason why he's one of the closest people that I have to be in my, in my life. But he, he went on to do this, this crucible we got a group of guys together, and they went and did uh, a portion of Hell Week with the, the Navy SEALs, right? So they trained for a year, and then they went out and did three or four days of Hell Week. They allow you to do that? Civilians yeah. to go in and do Hell Week with the guys? Yeah, there's an organization in the States that runs 
like corporations. Oh, they're like running for businesses or teams, teams do that and shit. You can do okay. this individually too, yeah. Fuck that. That's exactly how I felt when he was like, so you want a dead hard pass. Um, hard pass. Did you do it? No. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, so these guys came back and like, Ugh. <laughs> just got but you know what, man? You go break. through. But if you go through it, man, that's one of those things. You like, I made it though. I, you did it exactly though because, it. because because the whole the whole course is like six months long, isn't it? Cool. But you did hell. Sweet. There's like the rest of the other nine months of it. These guys. These guys trained and trained hard for a year. They got their ass handed to them on another level. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, you can't train for that. It's a psychological mindfuck. That's why he did it. Yeah. For him, it was a matter of crucible, right? Yeah. Breakdown? Yeah. I need something that is going to provide me with... Feeling alive or, like... Feeling something, first and foremost. When you lose somebody like that, the numbing aspect is, for me and for him, I mean, it's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... But also bringing yourself back. How do I come back from this kind of stuff? Now, the conversation that I've, I have with people is, you can drive yourself crazy with the question of how do you come back, right? People evolve, they evolve naturally. When you experience hardship, it's gonna change you. If your desire is to consistently get back to the person that you were, no, that's not gonna happen. Wow, that's powerful. Well, you've changed. Coming to terms with the change is how you find happiness again. Accepting that you're different, that that's okay, but how to manage that, that's where you find joy and peace in it. But not ever, you know, because I've, I've gone through this where I've definitely looked back on who I was previous to losing everybody. Not everybody, I still got, I still got people. I got you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... My desire to go back to the guy who, you know, was walking around in $2,000 suits and wearing expensive shoes and watches and being, you know, relatively flashy and that guy who was happy to be at any gala and in the thick of it and, you know, like, wheeling and dealing, I miss that. You know, I miss that guy. I thought that guy was kind of cool. That guy was also full of shit in a lot of different ways. <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit there. But there's also, you know, he was pretty happy, you know, and now this guy less happy, but more dedicated to something that really sparks his soul, you know, like, you know, what, man, I, I never got that from you, though. Like meeting you, my yeah. initial meeting, because this is the first time I've met you. I never ever picked that up from you. The less happy side. What I pick up from you mm. is you're probably the most authentic See, person I've actually, I've actually met. Like when I meet you, when you say something, I'm just like, wow, this guy's actually, this guy's, about, this guy's authentic. Like he's actually, you meet some people who basically like are dressed up and wear it and they, they come around and they, they're pompous almost. And you're like, man, you're full of shit. Like you can see that. I'm like, that guy's full of shit. You would love me. <laughs> you, know, you know, but you can I see that. I met you then. <laughs> well, you fed me when I was still dressed in the suits, but I was like, holy fuck, get me out of these suits. That's when you met me. Yeah. I mean, but I'm... We were watching football, though. We were watching, yeah. Soccer. I mean, I also know soccer, but uh, <coughs> we... You met me at the tail end of that. Yeah. Now, the organization that I <coughs> and the things that we're seeking to do, I mean, it allows me to have, what I love about it most is it allows me to have 
really personal conversations with a lot of individuals about, okay, so what are we doing, right? What are your hardships? Because it's likely, I mean, I don't know you, I don't know what it's like for you to experience a loss, right? I know what it was like for me to go through it. And so that's one of the other mistakes I think that can be made, which is, you know, you, your experience, you feel is everybody else's experience if they've gone through the same, something, something similar. Right. Or how you went, got through it, exactly. just do what I did. Just do it, exactly. It doesn't yeah, work, it doesn't work that way. provide advice like that, yeah. uh, a little dangerous. Yeah. What we can do is say, here's some best practices that are proven by science on the yeah. psychological side that we know um, in terms of like, why it's important to actually get sleep, how to reduce anxiety, uh, why nutrition is an important component of all this, yeah. why fitness is an important component of all this. Um, those key characteristics, we can have those conversations. But I can't tell you that I understand what you're going through. Because realistically, because of just how different your life is, yeah. I, of course I can't. No idea. Yeah. I have no idea. General concept, though, general idea. Yeah, yeah it's a general I know what it. I know what it feels like to feel pain. No, yeah. yeah, not only that, but like pain. just even in life, like general concept, like there's certain things that we need to do, you know, like you know, grow up, go through school, get Definitely. married, have kids. Like there's a certain regimen, but yeah. like everyone's life is so different Definitely. that it's almost sometimes impossible to hit those, those, those landmarks or they happen at different times or you're going through different stages or different obstacles. You can't, like, no, you, don't, you mean, don't know what people are dealing with, right? It, being empathetic is an incredibly difficult thing. And sometimes, you know, I... I can, I can definitely feel somebody else's pain when they go through some shit. Um, but I don't know the extent of it, and I don't know. You can just feel it. You just don't. You just you're just feeling well, it, but you don't know where it's coming extent, from, right? Like you know, you're sitting with a pal who's gone through something hard. Your heart breaks for him, right? Mm -hmm. So there's sympathy, but there's also empathy there. Um, but to go in and pretend like I understand the the details of one's pain is a different thing entirely. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless we're sitting on a couch and you're telling me your deepest, most innermost dude, man, feelings. Dude, I've gone through some like, like small pains or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. I can't even figure out the details myself. <laughs> How the fuck is someone else exactly. gonna figure it out that's not even feeling it? Exactly, you know, like, uh, totally. I'm just Absolutely. like, it's impossible. 100%, I mean, trying to figure out this stuff is, is extraordinarily difficult trying to wade through these waters, but, <clears throat> What other choice do we have? I mean, that's the flip side of this coin, too. There's a, um, you know, our, like I said at the beginning of all this, in terms of Holos and the company that uh, we've created, our job is to try and develop the most resilient organizations on the planet. I mean, that's what we want to do. That's our grand vision, right? We want to teach people to take care of themselves so that organizations, when we hit economic turmoil, when your people go through hardship, when there's trauma within the workplace or outside of it, people know how to manage. But uh, you know, resilience is an incredibly hard thing. Have you guys ever heard Invictus? No. Get the fuck out of here. What? Let That's me see. That's wild. Do you have that again? Holy shit. You guys in the phone? Which book? you something because you're going to understand something right quick about your old buddy Cam. That's weird. Right on the heart, too. Oh. <laughs> so I'm getting the last stanza tattooed onto my arm. That's deep. 
Leonard, you guys so. are reading the same stuff? I got the whole thing tattooed. <laughs> I got the whole thing tattooed on my, my heart. That's wild, man. So listen to this. So, <clears throat> uh, Dude, I say that to myself every day in the mirror. It's important. It's incredibly important. So there's this old poem called Invictus, uh, written by William Ernest Henley. Apparently he wrote this when he was 16, which begs the question, holy shit, what did you go through at such a young age? But it's a short poem, but I'll read it because it's important. So out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. So the last two lines are some of the most famous in poetic history, I have to imagine. I mean, we've, most of us have heard that. But the philosophy of that, grit, right? Life is tough. Life can be hard. It's going to be really hard sometimes. In fact, life can be awfully cruel. But I get to choose how I react to it. Meaning, we're living in very interesting times right now. You look at social media and the way to become popular on social media is to, there's a lot of, oh my God, look what has been done to me. Or, you know, we've got this victimization culture where we have a lot of fragility. A lot of people are hurting. Huge, huge. And there's a lot of like, look at how the world is happening to me. It's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a dangerous philosophy to have because. I think it's kind of sad. It's horribly sad. It's weak-willed. I don't want to be, I don't want the world to happen to me. I want to happen to the world. I get to choose how I react to this stuff. Doesn't mean that I get to choose whether or not I feel pain. Of course I feel pain. But I get to choose how to move forward from that pain. That's all we get. That's all we get. Like the reality of the situation is, is like, and this is one of the things that I've recently learned is that like we have no control over our path. No. other than the fact that we control the choice once the opportunity arises. Exactly. It. So once the choice and the decision comes, you can either go one way or the next. That's all we get. And then the yeah. basing on the choices that we make, it points us in a different direction. It's incredibly important yeah. to realize that we get that control, though. You yeah. know, and I, you're talking to a control freak. I remember the first time I sat with Roger, he goes, so tell me about your desk at work. Like, I don't know what that even means. He's like, so just describe it for me. Well, computer and pencils and pens and notepads. And he's like, so those pencils and pens, are they in a drawer? Or do you leave them just on the counter? I'm like, no, they're in a drawer. Are they all pointing one direction or are they kind of just shoved in there? No, they're all placed in their proper spot. So are the pens, erasers and calculator and so on and so forth. Put in their spot. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he did? Did he laugh? <laughs> yeah. He was like, you're going to struggle with this one. Because at the time I was dealing with, I was introduced by, to Roger through my brother's rehab program. Uh, cool program because they realized that trauma occurs on both sides, from the alcoholic, also the family, because the family's dealing with the alcoholic mm -hmm. or the addict. So Roger was introduced to me that way. I said to Jess, I'll go to my own meetings with this guy 
if you go to rehab. So that's what we did. So that's how I met him. That was a long time ago. But <laughs> as soon as I said that, he was like, you're going to struggle with this. I said, well, I mean, you know, I don't want to say the word duh, but obviously um, I'm going to struggle with it. But what do you mean? He goes, well, you like control? Like, well, very much. Yeah. I mean, you remember <clears throat> talking to the guy who told his father, Parkinson's? Ah. We'll beat it. We'll beat that. We'll beat it. Yeah. yeah. So control is definitely an issue for me. And he's like, well, one of the things that you're going to come to terms with um, when you're dealing with an addict is just how little control you, you have. have. Yeah. Because addicts, you know, they, these poor people, <laughs> they can't control themselves. How the fuck are you going to control them? And he was right. I mean, that was an important lesson for me, which was, okay, so what are the things that we can control that allow us to put that best foot forward? I mean, there's a, <laughs> I don't know when the last time you guys watched, what was it, the 12th Rocky movie, but uh, <laughs> Balboa. Have you guys seen that? Is it the 12th one? No. Or isn't it like, no, Creed, isn't, it, isn't it Creed versus the one? There was the one before Creed. Uh, the, Balboa. But it was called Balboa. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Dan? Mm -hmm. See it? I believe so. Okay, there's a speech in there that is, I mean... There's the one he gave to his kid, right? The world will exactly. beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently. Yeah. Right, if you let it. Yeah. It's not about how hard you can hit, it's about how hard you can get hit, hit, hit and, and get back up, forward. keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. That's how winning is done. Yeah. yeah. And that's incredibly important because it's true, isn't it? I mean, inevitably we're going to get knocked around in this life. So how do we get back up? What's our strategy for getting back up? And then what's the, when we get hit again, right? So Though that's what that, that's what that's what the whole thing too. Like like what, what people don't realize is that the most successful people have failed the most amount of times. That's exactly. It. I'm like it's it's you you learn through your failures. You don't learn through your successes. Not even not even Stevie. Not even failures. Like like what he's going through is like. The world would be completely okay if, like, Cody became an uh, alcoholic and disappeared off the planet. Well, I mean, that's next month, but this month. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, not, not, not even in business or anything. No, that, but just like but, in life, like the resiliency of going through what you did with your family and even no. being here. But it changes him, right? Like, so everything, the resilience you're going through, the resilience and all of the hardships that you're going through are changing you. And, I, and, and based on what you're telling me, I almost think that it's changing you for the better. You're becoming a better person. It's hard. It sounds like it's hard as sh like it's like the hardest thing you've ever had to do, but it almost seems that it's it's almost changing you from the person you are now to who you were. Yeah, I mean, I I think there are things that I've become aware of. Yeah. Um, much much more aware of now than I was, you know, six years ago. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I mean, at the same time, there's other there's other components of me that have had the shit kicked out of it that I haven't resolved yet. Yeah. And so those are not so good. Those are less good, right? So I have every intention of, you can't solve this shit either. It's maintenance and care and moving forward, right? Yeah, one step at a time. That's how, That's exactly how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
So that's the other tattoo that I have on this. <laughs> so anyway, so I mean, we're going long here. Do you really have a tattoo? Or you just say no, that you're pulling a cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been so beautiful. just pulled out. An elephant on my arm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of happy that you're talking about getting tattoos, and I was talking about getting raisin bran on my ass. But then I was able to pull this one off. I was able <laughs> well, to pull that, this one that off. That brought a level of depth out that I, 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 yeah, I wasn't expecting after the raisin bran comment. But, See, there you um, go. That's that genuinely cool that you have that because I'm I'm getting the same thing put on mine. Yeah. Um, well, not Invictus, but I'm and getting last dance to put on. Yeah. But so we fast forward a year, and you know I'm working in the company, and we're working on it, and we're scientists with this organization, right? So we've beta tested a bunch. We've gone out with corporations and sought what works, what doesn't, what's the best meaning means of deployment. Is it on-site, face-to-face? Is it digital means? We're leaning towards more digital now. <coughs> it's just the way of the world, um, you know. And then um, I was out in North Carolina doing some work for a client, and uh, and my mom's not getting back to me. Right? I'm only there for five days, but mom, who's always good at getting back to me, is not getting back to me. So I send my nanny over to um, to check in on her. This was in November, and uh, she found my mom passed away in her bed you know and so it was two months ago it's two months ago yeah so that's that's the last of my family um, all under fucked up circumstance she got pneumonia um, didn't go to the doctor should have gone to the doctor she didn't um, but you know I so I had my fourth funeral did my fourth eulogy um, and every loss feels different. They all feel different. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for losing your mom um, that feels different from, you know, it's, it's true to lose your father and your brother, your sister, or grandparents. I mean, they're all different. But um, the last year, she became my number one cheerleader. Like, she was just behind me 110%, whatever I was doing. She was helping fund components of the organization we were starting. She was helping with just moral, emotional support. She was just there in my corner. Um, but, and don't get me wrong, it sucks. I mean, it's losing mom uh, is, is horribly tough. But mom probably, I mean, it's a miracle that she lived this long to a certain extent, considering all the drugs in her body and all the shit that she'd gone through. Uh, you know, she had the number of times that she OD'd in her life. Um, that in and of itself was relatively shocking. And there's the miraculous aspect of, I got my mom back. You know, I, in all likelihood, that probably wasn't gonna be a thing. I probably wasn't gonna get her back, right? She could have died while she was on Oxy. I never would have established or reestablished a relationship with her, and that would have been it. That would have been my memories of my mom. Do you think it's harder now that you had that year of no. getting to know her? No. No, okay. No, I mean, I probably, probably miss her more now. <clears throat> um, but there's a funny thing about gratitude. Is that, I mean, try being grateful for something and depressed or sad or angry or, you know, venomous or toxic or any of those things. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinarily difficult. Tough. Yeah. 
gratitude goes a long way. And, you know, with her, um, I miss her a ton. But I'm so grateful that I had her in my life, you know, and uh, that I got to have that kind of relationship. A lot of sons don't get that with and their then, And then you got her back. Yeah. Like, because, like, I'm looking from that whole story, like, with all of the darkness that she was going through, the yeah. fact that you got her back and she came back, I almost think it's like it's like a storybook ending almost. That's, and she died in a way that sounds she peaceful. Wasn't in, she wasn't in a bunch of pain. Yeah, she died in her bed. You know, uh, the concern for me was always that I was going to find her dead because of the oxy, or that she would have gone and killed herself. Um, and she was a survivor, man. Like, you know. When she was on Oxy, she was the, the penultimate. She was the very definition of a victim. You know, look at what happened to me. And she was, and nobody would fault her for thinking that. Yeah. Right? Like, it makes sense. sense. Oh, God, she was. But she was on paper, and she was in her mind. That's how she identified herself. <clears throat> um, when she started coming out of this stuff, tough lady right like just bootstrapped it and started actually opening up and being vulnerable and letting things out that she'd held in for years and and watching her level of grit in terms of her fight back to becoming who she was oh a movie could be made just about that i mean she it's honestly it was astonishing watching her do what she had to do to get back uh, and so being able to bear witness to that, watching, you know, I consider myself a pretty gritty guy. I mean, in terms of my capacity for resilience, it's not bad. But, you know, I've never lost a child. God willing, I never do. Um, I can't understand what she went through. We lost the same person. But I, I lost a brother. Different relationship. I lost a brother. She lost a kid. Yeah. She found him. And, you know, I can't understand that pain. So watching what she did with all of it, the way that she came back, oh, man. You know, that's, it's those kinds of things that are like, okay, I have a duty, don't I? Like, I've, I don't have any option. Um, I gotta figure out a way to stand back up, dust off your shoulders, right? Um, and also, <clears throat> you know, I had this conversation with with this pretty amazing gal that I know that she's gritty as all hell, and she's got her own her own emotional scars, you know. So we were talking about them, and, and one thing I know for myself is that. I, in terms of leadership, I want to follow the guy who is by far the most scarred individual. I want to know that somebody has been through this shit time and again and has forced himself back up over and over and over. Like, we have a tendency for some reason, and, you know, it's this cultural thing where we like to just hide our emotional scars from people, right? Like, oh. 
don't tell anybody that you're depressed. Don't tell anybody that you're dealing with anxiety or, you know. Uh, that stigma is starting to go away, which, thank God. But why that stigma existed in the first place? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I watched my mom with clinical depression and severe <clears throat> struggle to get up in the morning and get back to things, come back to herself. But I'll res I respect the living hell out of what it took for, because, you know, I get to wake up and hop in the showers. And for me, obviously, because of all this shit, I, don't get me wrong, some days waking up and hopping in the shower, definitely harder than others. But I can't even imagine what it was like for her, you know? And for them to go out and do stuff, I'll follow somebody like that every day to the day I die. That's super impressive to me. And, you know, like, but we don't have the role models that we need. I mean, we have this tendency to, the fetishist idea of celebrity, and that's the people that we follow and we care about, and that's what social media predicates us to. It's a dangerous thing. Uh, Extremely dangerous. Oh, God. And that's <clears throat> what it teaches us, and, that is, and what it teaches our kids, right? Like, these are the things that are important. You know, so what makeup they have, most, or what bag they're wearing, or what dress they're at the red carpet with, or who they're dating. Hey, listen, like, I, don't get me wrong, I, I don't mind putting on a suit from now, now and again, and I don't mind, you know, buying something nice. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but it used to be, there was a time in my life where I was like, okay, well, this is how I build my brand and my identity. Whew. That's not how you build your identity. Life will build your identity. The actions that we talked about, the things that we choose to do with everything from the good things to the bad things. Yeah. You know, and how we put that best foot forward, that's how you build your identity. Yeah. And the character. Absolutely. The seeds you plant, the, 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 exactly. the whatever, you, whatever you sow, you reap kind yeah, of thing, definitely. right? So, like, it almost seems like, um, I, I, I personally believe that a lot of it has to do with the relationships you build. Yeah. And, like, and, and you're right, social media and all this stuff, it, it's, yeah. it really doesn't do, like, you're, you're, surface. You're, you're, it's all surface, it's all facade, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. We, we, we work in, the industry of smoke and mirrors like yeah. the whole thing is smoke and mirrors just people don't realize like i can see it the real the real value in life the real is 100 percent the relationships the people you surround yourself with the way you you the knowledge and the things you teach others yeah. that are around you and and the conversations you have on a regular basis definitely like that's where i've personally myself have found the most amount of joy mm -hmm. is like doing that like the surface stuff you know, it, it's fleeting. Even when I create things, I'll create things, and you put it out there, and then you never think about it again. It yeah. fucking disappears. Yeah, five minutes of happiness. Yeah, but it disappears, it and it's, does, it's gone. Like, yeah. nobody even cares anymore. Especially with camera work, you can make something really shitty look like something really... You have an eye for it, I have an eye for it. You know how I look at my camera work, though? And this is... The, the reason why I value what I do so much is not so much me creating something for everyone else. I... I look at it as a form of documenting my memories, yeah. documenting what I see. Everything that I record is is a recording of what I've actually seen in my life. Mm. That's exactly what that's it is dope, that I'm doing. Yeah. That's, that's, cool. per, that's profession. I'm talking more so like someone's Instagram account where like you oh, can we do that. I mean, the Instagram thing is like we want. This is how we want people to see us. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's the difference. Very <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the feet in the sand and life's perfect. <laughs> 
hashtag yippee. Okay, but also now I want you to hashtag something that's shitty. Yeah. Take well, a picture of something that sucks today. Dude, and put it, that up. it takes a long time to do that. I'm just like, imagine all the moments that you miss. Totally. You miss Absolutely. from like looking at it through a little screen when you could just put the screen down and actually experience, experience it. it for like in real life. And that's one of the couple of things that we're, as a society, we're losing. We're oh, losing yeah. that. Like where people don't, like you walk down the street and people are walking down the street like, I'm just like, have a look around. Like, look around. You think that's planned from bigger, from higher up down? Let's get all the people stuck on their phone. You think that's a planned thing? If I was running the show, <laughs> yeah, but nobody has that type of control. I think that's, that's something a that's big just thing. that's I mean, something that just gets evolved. This is a culture that that's we, a culture we're, that's created. We're now experiencing, right? I mean, this. I is, don't know if that that's they're marketers, man. Facebook uses certain color patterns and certain things to keep you stuck on that platform. Well, yeah, they they use that. So they're like the, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding to the notifications to how they buzz. Well, they're doing they an info swipe of everything on your phone all the time. I mean, at the same time. Like, keep you we stuck we want it. corporate sponsorship, right? So, like, we sure love Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we love them. <laughs> I love Facebook, too. Great advertising platform. You guys are awesome. Don't bite the hand. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyways, fellas, that's, that's all I got for I you. fucked the whole thing up. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing that we're doing it. Facebook is just got yanked from the internet. <laughs> You know who I hate? Apple, Facebook, Instagram. Just name all the giant I'm like, great, I, Alex Jones, you're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you're banned from everything. You can't be on any platform anymore. He went pretty deep, though. Like, I'm, I, I'm dude, not dude I would, it would be so funny. Oh, I, I'm so pissed off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lost this. I've never seen a guy who loses shit so much. And then after he loses it, I'm sorry. Right back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, they call that multiple personality disorder, though. Like, that's <laughs> holy shit. He started InfoWars was dope back in the day, like 2007. InfoWars? <laughs> What? I'm saying the Obama deception. Like, like that was sick, man. No, he killed it. Oh, I don't know man. conspiracy theorists. I, I struggle with mightily. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I love it, man. I yeah, we got. This, I think we. Where are we going from here? Yeah. Good question. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of our organization, we've got uh, some good ideas in terms of direction now, and we've got the product that's being refined and refined, and so it's looking better every day and I've got an amazing group of individuals that work with us. So, you know, like-minded individuals who, number one, their desire is to make a significant impact uh, for the people that we work with. You know, so, uh, business side of the equation, things are looking great. I can't complain about that. Um, you know, on the personal side, we'll see. One of the things that I find um, is important um, when you go through stuff like this is remembering the miracles, right? And, and for me, the best way that I remember something grander than myself is travel. So to put myself in a place where I can do some hiking and look out over something, well, not like that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what acid looks like. But, <laughs> but, you know, like when I lost Jess, hopped on a plane and went out to, um, to Romania and spent three weeks out there. And... It was important because, you know, we would, during the day, we would hike the Carpathian Mountain Range. And there's this area 
there's this highway up there called the Transfiguration. And there's this corkscrew up this cliffside called Ceausescu's Folly. It's famous it's road. Extremely famous it's road. Very photographed. One of the most beautiful roads on the planet, if yeah. not the most. A lot of switchbacks. Yeah, exactly. Like, unbelievably uh, gorgeous, gorgeous. The whole Transfiguration is amazing. For me to be able to go out and first and foremost remember that just how beautiful this planet is uh, is important. Just connected with nature again, right? Yeah, I mean, you staying in the city is a dangerous thing. <clears throat> I think for most of us, we all need to leave. We all need to get out of here and go and embed ourselves with. And I'm not the guy who goes camping. I'm really not. Like I'm the guy's. I need a mattress at the end of the day. But um, it's, the, it's the important mentality of being able to stand uh, atop a cliff and look over a, a valley. And again, I mean, it's gratitude, right? It's hard to be able to look at those things and feel sorry for yourself or focus on your predicaments. Uh, I mean, at least for me it is. So I'm going to try to squeeze in some travel here. Uh, We've got something interesting that we're trying to put together called the Evolution Project that ties fitness with humanitarian efforts. So a group of individuals, if you think about what, uh, I forget his name, I think it's Jared, but he, what he <laughs> did with the Navy SEALs, you know, he trained these guys for a year and then they went out and did. <laughs> he also knows karate, like he's gonna... I'm just like this gonna Jared, we're gonna know everything gonna about Jared except who he is and his name of his company. I'm like, Jared sounds like this awesome guy that nobody knows who it is. <laughs> I'm like, if you pay, listen, if you watch the show and you petition enough in the comments, maybe we'll drop it in the comments. Right, but for now, we're gonna call him Jeff. So Jeff... <laughs> <laughs> when, he did, uh, when he did this thing, oh, you know, shit, that's he, they went out and they did this, this Navy SEAL experience. And for us, it's a matter of can we tether um, fitness with humanitarian efforts? Can we tether something that, you know, it's tough to hike into remote areas, um, so we have to be in good shape for it. But that purpose is then to go out, fly somewhere, land, put on our bags, like into an area, help build orphanages, help build you know communities, do that stuff like that. You know that's another little side project that we got going on that I hope we can uh, we can launch this year. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, this sounds like a, like very cool, very ambitious things. Like like Thanks, like stuff. I think like that. Something like that is like is is something that needs a lot of eyeballs on it. Yeah, right? because I, then people I will look sure at stuff so. like that. That more people can get involved in that type of stuff. And that's definitely uh, you know some of the best. Some of the best times of my life, one of the best times of my life was we went to Haiti and we're building homes out there after the earthquake. You know, and it just, having that group of people together, you know, it's an important thing because you see these kids in the morning, uh, these Haitian kids, and they're just stunningly beautiful. Like these kids are just, their clothes are perfect. They all wear uniforms, they're little, they're like, you know, five, six, seven years old, all marching off to school. They're surrounded by rubble. This is three years after the earthquake. Fucking nothing's been happened because corrupt politicians have taken all the donated money. So all other organizations that would lend money are holding it back until politics change. So these people have literally nothing, like nothing, nothing. Still smiling, still happy. They're living in rubble. Yeah. Yeah, these kids are smiling. Dude, I, and I, we're out here feeling sorry for ourselves. It's, it's like well, I didn't make. You know what? Granted. You know what it is though. It I I, 
because I've done this and I've gone back and I've experienced this stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's it comes down to the relationships. Their relationships are so much stronger because they don't have all the other distractions Absolutely. of everything and they need each other. Yeah. So they 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 can't afford to cocoon themselves in a house by themselves in these big massive no, homes right. by themselves. <clears throat> they can't afford it. So they have to yeah. basically create these small little groups of communities and they need to find groups of communities to, to survive. Yeah, and then when you do survival tactic. And then when they do yeah, that, yeah, they yeah, basically yeah. like feed off each other and then they this this happiness because we're social creatures comes about them it's oh, like yeah. it's incredible like i experienced that a little bit too when we went down to um uh ecuador we went down a few times to ecuador to do um hip replacement surgeries oh wow yeah so i went with a group of doctors that would yeah. do these hip replacements and the first time that i went it was a shock to me i couldn't be- like you went from being like this to like whoa yeah. what did i just walk into because yeah. like the first day that i walked in there I'm like, yeah, I'm going down there as a translator, help these people with the Spanish, the doctors, stuff like that. And we walk into this hospital, and like, we coming off the bus, and we're with my group of people, but we don't see anybody yet. We come into the hospital, and the place is packed. Oh, yeah. And we walk in there, and everyone's like, they applauded. Cheering, man. Like, Holy fucking no cheering. And you're just like, going in there. I'm just like, where am I? Yeah. What is this? What is going on? Like, like, yeah. And, and you could feel this overwhelming. You're just like, whoa. And then you're you... are for the doctors. Every, all the doctors, because they all need Saving surgeries. Yeah. They all need like these replacements. And then, mm-hmm. then it gets really hard because once they actually went and did all the applauding, like, I was like, whoa, that was crazy. All those people that were waiting there, we had to interview every one of them because there's only 40 surgeries that could be done. Oh, so you have to man. go through every single one of those interviews and you have to find out what the problem is, look at the x-ray, and, and you either decide yes, no, next year. Yeah. Like that was the order that things like, and so sometimes you would sit there and you'd have to go through these and like you'd get some like heartbreaking stories, oh, right? Sure. And like these doctors would make some choices that like, like I remember one time, it was like, it, it, it just broke me sometimes because I'm like, the doctors don't speak Spanish, right. so I have to translate. And this, they pulled me aside, this, 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 this lady with her, with her son who was in a chair, he had a club foot. And she goes, um, we were rejected. Like, just tell me in Spanish. She, we were rejected. Um, I don't understand why we were rejected because the doctors here in Ecuador said that they could fix his club foot. Why are the Canadian doctors saying we can't fix his club foot? And so I said, this is what they're asking. Why was he rejected? And they said, well, the kid has m- muscle dystrophy. So even if we fix his club foot, he's never going to walk again. Right. So there's no point, point in fixing his foot because it's, it's not going to help him walk. She's not understanding that though. And I'm just like, I have to translate this? I have to deliver yeah. that message now to this, to this family who's basically here looking to get, think they're going to be safe. And, and it was the hardest thing I had to do. Doctors do that all the time. They, they get numb to it, I think, don't they? Well, I mean, I, you know... That's a hard. That's like that was. I don't know. Hard doctor, so I can't. Really yeah, and then so I can't speak so on. this is what I had to now tell this family, and they now just break yeah. down and cry. Yeah, and I'm just like, whoa! Like this is like there, but like it, it, there's a lot of like there's a lot of hardship going on in this world, and people. There's a lot of your perspective, stuff. though, doesn't it? Oh yeah, you know, it, in terms of gratitude and realizing what we should be grateful for, and it, don't get me wrong, I'm not the guy who's walking around being like, oh, you know, humanitarian this and humanitarian. No, I get lost in my own shit all the time, right? caught up in my own world yeah but it's why 
you know, for me, travel, for stepping outside of these borders um, and seeing the world is the best education that you can grant anybody because it offers that. It, it puts you in your place in terms of where we are in this world. It's almost like a stop, too. Like oh, yeah. you're in this rat race, weird rat race, and well, as soon as you, you get pulled city, out, for sure. You get Definitely. pulled out, you go for like 10 days, 15 days. That's the longest 10, 15 days of your life. Yeah. Like where you're just like, you stop yeah. and you look. And I've, I've, you, you go around and you actually absorb everything that's yeah, around you. You open your eyes for the first time in a while. You see things that like you're just like, you go for walks and you're just like, whoa. Like yeah. you just like, I'm like, you start appreciating stuff. Definitely. You know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, this was a, this was a fantastic episode. Like. We're gonna two-part this one for sure. We may have to. This is yeah. seven hours now, so it's yeah. like the Godfather <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, fellas. I no, no, no. We really appreciate for... that, man. And like, uh, we, you know, we, we we look forward to a lot more of uh, of uh, stuff from your company. And is there yeah. is there any uh, collateral you could send, or is there a website, or is there an email address? Is there like, how do people are, even get involved? Our, like, our like, following can do this, or is this mostly business to business? Well, we're recreating, we're rebranding our um, our website right now. But I mean, if you can go to www.holosproductivity.com to find us. Holosproductivity.com. H O L O S productivity.com. Okay. Uh, you can find us that way. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I've got collateral that I can fire off to you guys for sure. So. Definitely. Yeah, because I can link all that in the show notes and everything and plug you, plug you that way. That'd be great. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Perfect, man. Yes, well, awesome. Hey, thank, thank you, Cody. I really appreciate that, dude. That Thanks for great. having me. Yeah, that's wild, man. Uh, Thought Exchange, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, Steve Van Dees, Cody Lakefold, Pam Barkey. See you guys next week. Take care. Take care. Can't fuck this shit. <laughs>